Have you been searching for a word from the Lord? You want to feel his presence. You want to feel his love. Well, look no further, cause no matter who you are, you're all welcome here at Rising Verses 1 through 17, I'm not going to preach all of this today. We'll see how far we'll go. Maybe part 2, maybe part 3, we'll see. Mm -hmm. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning, it springs up new, but by evening, it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before us, or before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our year with the morn. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Here's the thought. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days that you have afflicted us. For as many years as we have seen trouble, may your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Focusing on verse 12, teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. I want to talk about the days of our lives the days of our lives. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father God, 
We come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come thanking you for another day's journey. We come thanking you for life, health, and strength. And Lord, we thank you now, dear God, for this opportunity to stand before your people, dear God, and break the bread of life. We thank you for what our eyes have seen, what our ears have heard, what our hearts have felt. We thank you for the Zion songs that we heard on today. We thank you for the scriptures that have been read. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. And we thank you for the offering that was given, oh dear God. And now, Lord, as we come to you, preach word, I pray that you let your man serve down deep into the storehouse of your wisdom your knowledge and your power enable me to God that I might be able to bring a word to these your people Lord I pray that I would decrease I pray that you would increase speak in me and speak through me to God let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight oh Lord my strength and redeemer for this is your service prayer in the marvelous match the majestic name of Jesus our Messiah and all the people God said amen amen and amen time God in three persons God in three persons blessed you may be seated again we want to talk about the days of our lives the title of my message is based on the longest running soap opera on TV it started in 1965 and some of you are probably still watching it today the recent death of my sister Vivian drove this passage home for me. In fact, I was on to speak for Seniors Day at the Greater St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church. I had a sermon in mind that I wanted to preach about. It talked about I look to the hill from when comes my help, all my help coming from the Lord. I had preached that particular sermon for a particular funeral, and I was going to use that for Senior Sunday, but they sent me this particular passage here, so I wanted to make sure I was obedient to the leadership of the church with Pastor Glover there, and I, so I changed the message to this particular passage of Scripture, and I wanted to talk about the days of our lives because as seniors, amen, we have a tendency to get to a certain stage in life, and we want to coast because we think we're retiring, and a lot of people just don't retire from their job. They retire from life. But God wants us to continue to stay active as long as possible. I always say, if you're not dead, that means you're not done. But being in Alabama and going home to see family members and then my sister uh, passing away really drove this passage home for me. Z and I, we arrived in Alabama on that Monday, the day after Father's Day, and my sister had called me and left a message on my phone wishing me a happy Father's Day as well as my son Kelvin and my son Jeremiah. But like I said, we flew in that Monday. We were getting settled in that evening. Then that Tuesday, we were working around the house and going shopping and things of that nature. So we said on that Wednesday, we're going to go over and we're going to have uh, dinner with Vivian and stuff. But anyway, we went over to the apartment. She did not answer the door. Come to find out she was in the hospital. I found that out Thursday morning that they were trying to get in contact with me and that she had gone to the hospital on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, she ended up in CCU, some call it ICU. And then we found out on Thursday. And then within two weeks, she had gone to be with the Lord. And it reminded me how precious life is and how we need to cherish our days because a person can be here today and gone tomorrow. In fact, you can be here today and gone today. Come on, somebody. You can see them that morning and they can be gone by noon. 
So we need to cherish our days and make sure that we make our days count. And then on top of the fact of losing my sister as I got ready to fly back to Arizona, like I said, my best friend's mother, she passed away. And it just caught my attention that how short life is. And I look at the fact since January, I can name several people back in Alabama who have passed away. Uh, my best friend's sister, Charlotte Dawson, one of my cousins, Deborah McAllister, passed away. Another cousin, Charlie Lowe, passed away. Uh, Reverend Frank Morris, who came here and preached for me, he passed away. And then Odell, who came here, two of his brothers passed away. And then when we went to Alabama, Bobby Cruz, who drove you guys around, he passed away. So I can just go down the list and just name, name after name after name of people who have passed away. And it reminds me that we really need to cherish the time that we have with people and really need to make our days count. Amen. But I'm glad that God saw fit to bring my sister home or take my sister home because she'd been suffering for a long time. And every time I would call her, she would be in pain. So God decided to call her from labor to reward. How many you know that even when things look bad, God is still good. He is still working things out. And even when they moved her from CCU down to the regular floor and gave her what they call comfort care, uh, one of my best friends when I was growing up, she worked on the ward, and she was there attending my sister and, amen, in there talking to us and, you know, and just uh, being there for us, amen, comforting us, amen. So it's just amazing how uh, family members and friends and former people just came to our aid, and we had so much food. I have gained so much weight. Come on, somebody. <laughs> amen. You're talking about collard greens and rutabagas and cream corn and fried okra, pound cakes, lime cakes, red velvet cake. Come on, somebody. Every chocolate cake, amen. I've been fighting all them demons. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. It's really been a struggle, amen, for me to try to stay on track physically, but I'm telling you, the love was just overwhelming, and what you guys did as well as a church family, it was beautiful. But again, life is fragile, and life is short. And God don't want us to just to count our days, but God wants us to make our days count. Like sand through an hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Soon and very soon, it's going to all be over. As we come to our text, this psalm was written by Moses. It is the oldest of all the psalms in the book of Psalms. It addresses the frailty of mankind and humanity. It addresses the brevity of human life as well as a consequence of sin because the Bible says sin entered the world through Adam and sin is passed on to everybody because we are all descendants of Adam. Amen. So death is the consequence of sin. Amen. And, and when we look at sin and when we look at death, it's a motivation for us to repent and get right with God and obey God. <clears throat> The Israelites spent 40 years in the wilderness after they had rebelled at Kadesh Barnea in Numbers 24, or number 14, 26 through 35. They spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. During that time, all the adults but Joshua and Caleb died until a new generation came of age. It was out of those years of death and dying that Moses gained the perspective to compose this particular psalm, Psalms 90, which is really a prayer. So my first point is, as we look at this text, God is our shelter. God is our shelter. Notice what it says. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. The word Lord here is the Hebrew word Elohim, and the word means the God of creation. God, you have been the God of creation right from the start, right from the beginning. 
You are the God of all power. You are the God of authority. You are the God of majesty. Amen. So you are the God of creation. Lord, you've been our dwelling place throughout all generations. When the Bible talks about a dwelling place, it talks about the word being our refuge. God, you have been our refuge. God, you've been our home. God, you've been our safe haven. God, you've been our stability. God, you've been our security. The Lord has been Israel, a place of refuge for all generations. They could look down through the years, amen. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, amen, had been their dwelling place down through the years. And you should be able to look over your life and know that God has been your shelter in a time of storm, that God has been faithful to Big Mama and God's been faithful to you. And the same God that was faithful to your grandparents and the same God that's been faithful to you is going to be faithful to your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren because God has been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Amen. That's why it's so important to raise your children in the fear and in admonition of the Lord because when the, your children get grown and go off to college, you can't go with them. When they join the military, you cannot go with them. But if you give them God, amen, wherever they go, God will be with them. Come on, somebody. That's why we want to make sure if they don't know nothing else, they may not get a Ph.D., they may not even get a GED, but if they know God, they'll be all right, amen, because if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen, somebody. He's our dwelling place down through the years. In fact, when they would travel, God would be a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Because of the rebelliousness of the children of Israel, God said, you know what? I'm sick of following you guys. In fact, if I go with you guys any further, I'm allowed to kill all of y'all before y'all get to the promised land. In fact, Moses, you just go ahead and take these hard-headed people into the promised land. i see you when you get there. And Moses said, no, God, I am not going to make this journey without you. I cannot travel without you, God. I want you to go with me. No wonder the songwriter said, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. None other help that I know for thy which draw thou set from me, O whether shall I go? Guide me, O thy great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. Amen. Amen. We need God to guide us through this barren land. Thou uh, mighty, but I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Amen. So we see also the uh, ark of the covenant. It was a symbol of God's presence that God dwelt with them. We see the tent of meeting. Amen. It was a symbol of God's presence. God would literally meet with Moses in the tent of meeting. And then we see the tabernacle that God would literally come and dwell in the tabernacle. So God, you are our dwelling place and you have been our dwelling place down through the years. Watch this. Moses spent 40 years wandering in the desert and they traveled to 42 different locations according to Numbers 33. God was with them every step of the way. And I'm here to tell you no matter where you go, God will be with you every step of the way. Whether I'm in Arizona or Alabama, guess what? God is there. Whether I'm in Arkansas or Alaska, guess what? God is there. Whether I'm in Africa or Asia, guess what? God is there. Whether I'm in Australia or America, guess what? God is there. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. In fact, Isaac Watts, the hymn writer said, Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. Under the shadow of thy throne, thy saints have dwelt secure. Sufficient is thy arms alone, and our defense is sure. Amen. He is our God down through the years. And then we see uh, the second point. Not only is God our shelter, but God is eternal. God is eternal in verses 2 through 4. First of all, God is timeless. Before the mountains were born or brought forth, the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In other words, 
God is timeless. God is eternal. God does not dwell in time like we do. God is Alpha and Omega. God is the beginning and God is the end. God is the first and God is the last. In fact, God is the first cause that was uncaused. There isn't anything before God and there isn't anything after God. God is not limited by time, amen, because he is the creator of time. He created time for us. God sees the end from the beginning, amen. That's why he knows the end from the beginning, amen, because he sees the end from the beginning, and history is his story, and God is just writing history in advance, and we call that prophecy. So God is timeless. There's nothing before God and nothing after God. And like I said, God created time for us, but you cannot put God on your calendar. You cannot put God on your watch. You cannot put God on your plan to come on somebody because God is bigger than time. God created time for you. God said, I'm before time and I'm after time, I'm above time, I'm beneath time and I can step into time and be on time every time. So don't fool with time when you're dealing with me, amen. Because how many you know that he is never late. He's always on time, amen. I know what they said the deadline is, but he's always on time. How many you know they give you a grace period? They tell you the bill is due. Guess what? God got an eternal grace period, amen. It's never too late for God. God is active. God is proactive. God is reactive and God is retroactive. Come on, somebody. God can reach back and fix stuff in the past. Come on, somebody. He can fix stuff in the present. He can fix stuff in the future because God is not bound by time. God is timeless. But at the same time, he is timely. In verses 3 and 4, you turn men back to dust, saying, return to dust, O sons of men, for a thousand years in your sight or like a day that has gone by or like a watch in the night. In other words, to God, the past, the present, and the future are all the same to him. He is not troubled by our timetable or our deadline. That's why we're not up in arms, amen, or alarmed when things don't happen according to our schedule because we realize that God is working things out even when we can't see it, amen. Listen, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. How many of you can testify? He may not come when you want him, but God is always on time. His time is perfect. Now, he said, now, a thousand years is just like a day gone by or like a watch in the night. A Hebrew watch was four hours, and then there would be a shift change of a soldier or the shepherd as they would watch the sheep or if the soldier was guarding something. And listen, it was from 6 to 10, 10 to 2, and then from 2 to 6, four hours. And then when the Romans came along, they changed the watch from 6 to 9, 9 to 12, 12 to 3, and 3 to 6. He said, in God's eyes, a thousand years is just like that. It's just like a quick shift change three hours or four hours intervals. Amen. So God is timeless and God is timely. And then God is holy. Now, people don't get too excited about this part, especially in the 21st century, because we think God is a genie. All we got to do is just rub his belly and make a wish, and God will do whatever, do whatever we want him to do, regardless of how we live and what we do. Amen, somebody. But the Bible points out that God is a holy God. And we see the problem with mankind because Moses reminds us of the transitory nature of humanity, existence, and it's due to sin. Death is God's righteous judgment against man's rebelliousness because God told him that as soon as you eat of the forbidden fruit of the tree, he said that you shall surely die. And Adam and Eve, they die spiritually and eventually they die physically. So that's the problem with mankind, sin. But God is holy. Now, the first thing I want you to see on this is the sleep of mankind in verses 5 and 6. Notice he said, you sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. Though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. In other words, God's judgment and death sweeps through the land, and people can be gone just like that. 
It's just like uh, you see the monsoon season right now. I was looking at my front yard, and it just washed off. I put some river rocks in, in the path so it would not, you know, wash my other rocks away. But the water got to the river rocks and couldn't go through there, so it just made a new hole. And all on the side of my uh, house got this big old gush, big old hole, amen. And because it just swept through and it removed the rocks and it removed the dirt. And that's how it definitely it just sweeps through, amen. You see all these natural disasters are going on around the world, wildfires and hurricanes and tornadoes and tsunamis and all these things going on because, amen, death is all around us. And he says that we are like grass. We spring up in the morning and we're gone in the evening. That's how quick it is. I think about when people sent flowers uh, for my sister's funeral and stuff, and uh, they were looking all nice and beautiful and fresh. But about three days later, they started to wither and they started to die and stuff. And it reminded me of life that we get here, you know, we grow up, we're strong, we're beautiful, beautiful fragrance, but give it time. It's just a matter of time. We're on our way out of here. And those flowers started shriveling up. They started smelling. And they started dying. And we had to throw them away. So th just keep that in mind. You may be a flower today. Come on, somebody. You may be pretty today. You may be bad today. Come on, somebody. You may be a brick house today. Come on, somebody. You ain't going to always look like that. You're not going to always feel like that. You're not going to always be able to do what you used to do. Amen. Time will catch up with you. If there anybody in the building know that time will catch up with you. That you look in the mirror and realize you don't look like you used to look. You don't feel like you used to feel. You can't even do what you used to do. That's time reminding you, you're on your way out of here. You better get right before it's too late. I don't care how many vitamins you take, how many surgeries you have. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. You're on your way out of here. Amen. Amen. You ain't got long to stay here. Amen. Amen. So the sleep of mankind, the idea that God swept the people away in his anger is a strong way of saying that they died in the wilderness because of their unbelief. God said, I had enough of this unbelief. You guys have been rebelling since day one. And Moses trying to lead you guys to the promised land. And God said, you know what? I'm passing a death sentence on everybody. 20 and above. Guess what? You're not going into the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb because you guys had no faith and you continue to rebel and you continue to fight leadership. Guess what? You're going to die. You're not going to get to the promised land. And Moses looked around and every day they were dropping like flies. God was killing people just like that. He said, I'm raising up a new generation. Watch this. There are some things God can't do into the ministry until some people die or leave. That's a, that's a strong word. Let me just say it on this side. I said there's some things going on in ministry, and God is trying to take the church to a new level, but there are some people fighting the move of God, and God said you can't go to the next level until I call some people home or ship them out. Don't you be like the people in the wilderness that God got to take you out before we get to the next level. You be careful how you fight the man of God. Be careful how you fight the program of God. Be careful how you act in the house of God because God said that's enough. I'm tired of your foolishness. They died in the wilderness because of their rebelliousness. And you got some people, they think they slick. You know, Achan, he thought he was slick when they supposed to go into the land to conquer Jericho. Achan said, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is you see all this nice stuff. And some of our people are really into stuff. I'm going to steal some stuff. And I'm going to steal this stuff. And I'm going to hide it on my tent like God can't see through the tent and can't see through the ground. And I'm going to hide all this stuff. And they ain't going to never know I got this stuff. And God told Moses, the reason why y'all got y'all behind kick when y'all went over there, because there's sin in the camp. And Moses had to deal with the sin in the camp. And not only did they kill Achan, they killed Achan and his whole family. They killed everybody. 
Amen. Watch this. Because there are some people think they slick and they do their little dirt behind the scenes. They have their little meetings. They call each other and they plan their little strategies and stuff as if God can't see them. Come on, somebody. You heard people say crazy stuff like what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. Well, I just, I'm just, just in case you don't know this, God is in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, God is on the script in Las Vegas. Yes, he is. The MGM. Yeah, God is there too. He's in the casino. Wherever you go, yeah, God is there. Even when you go to the little girly shows, guess what? God was there too. He saw you, peekaboo. And some people, some people, some people got the nerve. I'm going to go out of town and see it like God ain't out of town. Well, I'm going to go into the woods. Come on, son. I'm going to turn off the lights. I'm going to pull down the curtains. Come on. I'm going to turn off my phone. Yeah. I, I think y'all got the point. I can go to my next point. Okay. But we see. But we see. Yeah, we see the symphonies of mankind, then the sorrow of mankind. Let me wrap this up here. The sorrow of mankind. All of our days are passed under your wrath. We finish our years with the morn. In other words, everywhere you look, I don't care how long you've been saved, that does not exempt you from life. That does not exempt you from trouble. Somebody said, God didn't come to take away your troubles, but he come to fix you so your troubles won't trouble you. He'll bridge over troubled water. And I always say this at every funeral, life is short, death is sheer, sin is the problem, Christ is the cure. And we need to keep that in mind. Sorrow everywhere you go. Amen. Somebody said, as I look around, amen, there's always something going on. I don't know about you, but if it's not one thing, it's another. You fix one thing, something else breaks down. You fix your car, then the house is acting up. Get the house straightened out, amen, then your money is acting funny. Amen, then they're trying to raise your rent. Amen, then they want to raise your utility. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen, every time you turn around, there's something you got to deal with. But let me just talk about the shortness of life and close this message out here, and we'll talk about the rest of it next week. But it talks about the shortness of life for mankind. The length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass away pass and we fly away who knows the power of your anger for your wrath is great as the fear that is due your name in other words lord we don't have much time here because compared to eternity whether you live to be 70 80 90 or 100 it is short compared to eternity and god said you need to recognize that you ain't got long to stay here and you need to maximize your days whatever you're going to do you need to do it quickly now let's do the math you can retire from your job like i said but don't retire from life god still has some work for you to do watch this from 20 Approximately from 20 to 25, say education. From 20 to 25, that's education. God is saying you need to get your education. You need to go to high school. You need to go to college, go to trade school, whatever the case may be. But from 20 to 25, that's education. And then for 40 years, you're going to have an occupation or a vocation. What's the difference between an occupation and a vocation? An occupation is about your career, that you're working a job because you're trying to get money. You're trying to get income. But a vocation is not a career. It's a calling. I'm doing what God has called me to do. I'm uniquely designed and I'm uniquely gifted to do what I'm doing. It's not even about the paycheck. It's not even about the benefits. I'm walking in my calling because this is the reason why God put me on this earth. And I don't worry about the income and I don't worry about the benefits and, and the retirement program and all that because I'm walking in my calling. If I walk in my calling, I know there'll be provision. I know there'll be protection. I know that God will make a way out of no way because I'm fulfilling my life purpose. And when I get to the end of my life, I can say that I fought a good fight and I finished my course and I kept the faith. That's what I'm saying. That's what the difference between an occupation and a vocation in the last 10 to 20 years of your life would be what I call retirement of celebration. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to live well. 
so God can use me. But when I retire, I don't want to go somewhere and sit down in a rocking chair because a rocking chair doesn't go anywhere. I want to reach back to the previous generation, and I want to sow into the previous generation. I want to sow into the young people. I want to make a difference with my life. And it's not about punching the time clock, but I want to make sure I make a difference for eternity. I want to find some young person that I can invest into and have no jealousy about God using their gifts and talents, but make room for them, create a platform for them, help them to sow so they can be all that God will have them to be. Because when you help somebody else, eternal dividends accrue to your account. Is there anybody in the building? No, if you help somebody, the best way to get blessed is to learn how to help somebody else. The best way to get ahead is to help somebody get ahead. That's why you got two on. You got one to reach up and one to reach back and pull somebody with you. Because God is big enough, amen, to bless everybody. God will bless your socks off when you learn how to be a blessing. God has blessed you in order to be a blessing. Don't sit on your blessing. Use what God has given you to be a blessing to somebody. Don't be jealous of somebody. Don't be envious of somebody. Say, God, use them the way you call them to be you. They ain't got to preach like you. They ain't got to teach like you. They ain't got to sing like you. They ain't got to do nothing like you because God created them to be unique. Let them be unique. Let them do what God called them to do, and then you can celebrate their gifts. You can celebrate their talent. You can celebrate their success because there's room at the table for everybody when you learn to live for God and the glory of God. To God be the glory for the things that he's doing. For any way you want to use me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. of our lives. Songwriter said, I have some good days. And he said, I have some bad days as well. He said, but when I look around and think things over, he said, all my good days outweigh my bad days and I won't complain. What would happen and how many people we would see come to Christ if Christians stopped fighting each other and complaining? And we just learn how to love one another and get along and support each other and stay in your lane. Amen. Think how many people could come to Christ. Amen. When we learn how not to complain, but thank God for every day. Don't count your days, but make your days count. Because like sand through an hourglass, so are the days of our lives. And I hope you make every day count for eternity. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. I don't know about you, but I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Because this joy that I have, come on, somebody. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. Well, you happy or sad makes me no different. Amen. I got joy. I still got joy after all I've been through. Can anybody testify? I still got joy. Amen. Had to bury my loved one, but I still got joy. Amen. Lost some friends, but I still got joy. Money acting funny, but I still got joy. Sometimes body racking with pain, but I still got joy. Is there anybody in the building? You still got joy. In spite of what you've been through, you still got joy. Go ahead and stand. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray this message has encouraged your heart and renewed your spirit. If this message has been a blessing to you, please share it with everyone you know. If you would like to help support the ministry, spread the gospel, and assist in funding community service projects at Rising Star, visit our website at www.risingstarbaptist.org 
and click the yellow donate button. Or zell us at finance at risingstarbaptist.org. Or mail in your love offering at Rising Star Missionary Baptist Church, 2800 East 36th Street, Tucson, Arizona, 85713. We look forward to you tuning in again. Remember, Rising Star Baptist is a local church with a global reach. Thank you.